welcome to the Humanity Leadership Podcast. I'm David Wheatley and we're here to talk all things leadership. My guest this week is Eric Faber, who's the president and CEO of SalesPage, a company based here in Kalamazoo. Welcome, Eric. Hey, David. Nice to be on your show podcast. <laughs> a show podcast. I don't know what it is, but uh, <laughs> I, it's a chat. And the reason I wanted Eric on is uh, I see him as a bit of a serial entrepreneur and uh, I want to tap into his wisdom about you know, seeing an entrepreneurial side of leadership. So I appreciate being willing to have that conversation. Yeah, happy to do so. And I usually start by just asking my guests to give me the 30 second resume. What got you to where you are today? It's, it's interesting. As I was thinking about the podcast, uh, I had the opportunity to start, help start a company that you know about, David, back in the day called Blue Granite. Uh, a, a gentleman was looking to start a uh, website software development firm and uh, happened to be one of the two, uh, the three co-founders uh, of that. And uh, we didn't know what we were getting into back then, but uh, we were building up a business from scratch and uh, uh, naively pushed ahead. And that was uh, Blue Granite was, our, was the first business uh, that I had opportunity to uh, own and lead and cut my teeth on. Uh, and then after a time there, ended up selling uh, that business to my partner, Matt, uh, and uh, went on to a company called SalesPage. Uh, and while at SalesPage, we created a, my, my wife and I and a business partner by the name of John Liberty created a, uh, a firm here in Kalamazoo called West Michigan Beer Tours, which uh, uh, brings craft beer to uh, people from around the United States and who love craft beer and want to come to West Michigan and learn more. Uh, and then currently, uh, I am, uh, as you said, uh, leading a sales page. And sales page is a uh, software and services firm that sells to uh, asset managers um, in the United States. Asset managers being those firms that create investment products. Um, that go on people's portfolios, uh, retirement funds. And so uh, our job is to provide services to those firms that are manufacturing those products. And I have opportunity to lead a great team of folks here at SalesPage who are uh, building and creating some uh, good, uh, good stuff. And you went into SalesPage as a, a VP and now have an ownership stake, is that right? Uh, yeah, I came in as a director, uh, up in sales. Uh, and over the years, uh, leveraged some past experiences to uh, uh, and had the opportunity to buy SalesPage uh, with my with my current partners and uh, and now we're, we're we're trying to take it and uh, to new heights. So, it's, and I, I love the combination of providing service software services to the asset managers and beer service craft beer services to anybody who wants to come to West Michigan, where we have some of the finest craft beer uh, in the world. I believe if you look at the the trophies and things that they win. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting when it comes to this, I, and I, I'd be remiss to say, um, and if I look back in my career, there's two other leadership experiences that I, I always take to heart when I'm having these conversations. My first leadership experience was in, in college. I, I was happened to be elected uh, captain of our lacrosse team for a couple of years. And so being a college kid that is uh, trying to lead a bunch of other college kids uh, and, and win some games and win some championships, that was an interesting early learning experience. And then uh, more recently, I've, I've had the opportunity to be part of the Junior Achievement uh, Board of Directors in Michigan uh, and chair that board. And certainly leading a nonprofit 
uh, is a whole different uh, can of worms to uh, lead in a for-profit business. But each one of those learning experiences, uh, I think, over, or over your history, everything you do uh, contributes to uh, how we're running and doing things today. And I just think you need to uh, have fun. Uh, I love craft beer. I had the opportunity to help a friend start that business. And uh, I love leading the team now. So they can be very diverse experiences. Uh, and, and, but uh, I think leadership's leadership. So, and that's part of that entrepreneurial spirit that I see in, in the way that you work, because you jumped in uh, with Dan way back with Blue Granite. You then didn't sit on that and say, okay, this is it. I've got my career now. You jumped to another opportunity that had uh, potential. Uh, then somebody comes along and says, I've got this idea for uh, having craft beer tours in the place where we have more craft beer than everybody else. You jump into that. It, it seems like you're a natural kind of let's just see an opportunity and jump in and see where we play with it. Yeah, I, I think it, it, it all stands. I love teams and I, I love, I love teams going after something that they're passionate about. So I know we always talk about, you know, um, what are some for I, I love helping people achieve goals and, and helping build great teams and you can, a team can accomplish anything. So, uh, you know, when I had the opportunity to be part of blue granite, uh, it was, how do we go accomplish this goal and build a great team around it? And at the time it was building websites when websites were first coming out and then it, it shifted into software. Uh, and it was, uh, you know, I didn't particularly love software. Uh, I, I love the opportunity to build a great business. Uh, and when it came to uh, beer, we were literally sitting in a pub in West Michigan and uh, somebody said, Hey, I, I have this great idea. I said, sounds great. How do we get it off the ground? And, um, that person, John had, had the knowledge and the ability to get something off the ground, but they needed some knowledge and experience that I had. Uh, and it was just neat to be able to launch something that could impact people. Now at the uh, sales page, you know, I don't know how to build software myself, uh, but I have a great team of people that can build software, build services, and we can, I, I, I can help form that team. Uh, and so I think it's about enjoying what you're doing, um, uh, for me, building a great team, uh, accomplishing some goals together. What is the vision that we want to accomplish and, and, and how do we get there? And that is not dependent on any one thing. And I just enjoy pursuing my passions and, and, and working with great people. Because that's an interesting, I have an interesting conversation with a, another person I, I do work with about if you're a leader in an organization, can you be a leader in any organization? And it sounds like that's kind of what you're saying is I don't have to be able to make software to lead a software company. I just have to yeah. have the right leadership skills and bring in the right people. Yeah, I think it helps uh, when you're in a particular business to understand the domain and understand the, the knowledge. Uh, when I came in the sales page, um, it took me several years to figure out the industry uh, and to figure out what we were building. And I don't think I would have made uh, a great leader uh, or a president and CEO from day one. Uh, I think I had a, I had a few years to learn from a people. Uh, I you have a few years to build up a network and learn. Uh, and I think you can take your things that you've learned from the past. Uh, you can, your past experiences, your past leadership traits, and you can apply them to anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I do think you need to, uh, understand what your domain you're in, understand what people around you are talking about. But yeah, I think, uh, leadership's leadership. Uh, and it, as long as you have a passion for what you're doing, and as long as you have a passion for helping your team and, and guiding your team, I mean, you can apply that anywhere in my, in my viewpoint. Right. 
So, you, I mean, part of that saying that I don't have to, uh, I have to know enough about my business so that you can't pull the wool over my eyes, but I don't have yeah. to be in the details of everything. Sometimes that can yeah. help with credibility if I know and I've come up through the chains, but I don't have to have that if I can build the right team and lead the team in the way that works for the team. Yeah, I, I think at, at SalesPage, especially now, I, I thought when I had the opportunity to take over SalesPage uh, and we were talking about that there was a one, the most important thing on the plate was uh, I'm not a software engineer. And so if I'm going to lead a team of a bunch of software engineers, I need somebody who can effectively lead that team and have the credibility to, to uh, manage, set vision and communicate with a, a team of software engineers. And that wasn't me. Uh, and so that was a critical hire uh, and a critical decision to make right away. So we could uh, bring some domain expertise that I didn't have. Same thing when, when you had the opportunity, it's not just about software engineering. It's not just about sales. Um, we needed to bring in somebody who was uh, able to manage the business, be a chief operations officer and say, well, how are we going to deliver what we promised to our clients? Mm -hmm. How are we going to more effectively manage the business? Uh, and uh, being an operating engineer or a chief operations officer or project manager, that wasn't me. So the, it was very important to me to go out and get somebody, you know, David, uh, Jen Rutledge and uh, recruit her to come manage the operation. And so, you know, for me, the, the, the leadership was understanding, okay, I think we have a vision where we can go accomplish this goal. I can't do it on my own. And so how do we start building the team around us? And you bring in people that you will run the business uh, and be better than you are running their areas. Uh, right. And so, and of course that passes down. Um, they can't do it all. What, what, what are they strong at? What do they need to farm out? And then it's all a process of, of building the team to accomplish whatever goal you have for your business, for for-profit business, not-for-profit business, uh, whatever leadership area you're in, uh, it's about what can you do? Uh, how do you build uh, around you to go accomplish that goal? Because that even creates a picture for me going back to your lacrosse days that you know you understand what strengths you've got and then you look for people who can fill in the gaps elsewhere. Sure. If, you, if you don't have a goalkeeper, it's not going to be a very fun game. I don't know if there's even a yeah. goalkeeper in lacrosse. I'm talking football here. There is, there is. They, they, they take a little bit more shots than in, in uh, soccer or football. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like, uh, it always looks like, like it's football for people who are really nuts. <laughs> the little wrong ball hurts when it's whipped at you at 100 miles an hour. <laughs> I'd rather have a nice thing in your head and not get have too much chance of concussion. But but that that same thing applies, doesn't it? If you if you're missing some key components of your team, then the other team can take advantage of that when you're playing lacrosse. And if you're missing components on your business team, then you're going to have shortfalls in that area. Yeah, I, you know, I it's it's funny, I. Uh, when I was a kid, my, my favorite team uh, and my favorite coach, I grew up watching Michigan football. And so Bo Schambacher was the coach and, 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 and he would always preach back then, you're only as strong as the weakest link on your team. And it's the team, the team, the team. So it doesn't matter if you were the, the last guy on the depth chart um, as an offensive lineman, uh, you might have to step up and be part of it. And so it's the team is how do you build the all the strong players around you. And it didn't matter if you're a star running back or the backup lineman. Um, you each had a role to play and each were important and you had to go build the best team in order to go after the championships that you wanted. Yeah. There's a famous captain from my team Leeds that um, from the seventies, the Billy Bremner, who used to always say side before self every time. 
which yep. is that same equivalent as let's it's all about the team and i yeah. see the notice on the, the wall behind you says team 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 i can see it all there so yeah, yeah. beyond finding the right people what are the other leadership skills that you found really useful as you've played in these different fields during your career uh yeah i i think um whether you're an entrepreneur or just leading a business as part of a larger organization or even even a small one, I think it, uh, to me, it starts with a passion. Um, you're growing and moving a team, but then it's about uh, constantly learning and creating that culture. And to me, culture is everything. Um, you know, you, you need, and culture tends to be top down. And so what I had to learn over my career is, uh, you know, the way I am and the way I believe, whether I want it to be the culture or not, um, leaders tend to set the culture. Um, and, and so one of the things that I think uh, is really important um, is that we all have to be constantly learning. I'll have to be constantly growing. Um, what we knew, I'm in technology now. The technology that we're working on today is obsolete tomorrow. Um, what's coming tomorrow? I have no idea. Um, and that goes for just about everything in life. How we did business 20 years ago versus how we do business today, it's very different. And so the, one of the key traits that we build in anything is constantly learning. And that, whether that's making yourself um, um, mentally smarter, maybe street smart, uh, you're just learning all different areas. Uh, and so I, I think uh, that constant learning is really important. And then I the other thing I think we need to understand, and it's become a, a bigger and bigger issue, especially this year, is um, we need to be able to build up uh, a diversity in your team. And that's not even just diversity in people, but diversity in thought. Um, when, we're, when, we're sitting at, uh, when we're sitting at the table with a team, uh, I always like to say, if I have 10 people at that table, I want 10 different ideas. I want vigorous debate about those 10 ideas in a perfect world. We, we settle on one idea and we move together. But if you have... 10 people at a table and only one idea or one thought, then you, you don't need all 10 people. Uh, and we're not, uh, we're not getting the best ideas out there. And so it's, it's not only about all of us continuing to learn, uh, but it's also about um, creating a culture in which we can uh, get a diversity of ideas, uh, diversity of opinions. Uh, and then together we formulate the strategies that we want to move forward. So I think, uh, to me, that's uh, you know two of the most important traits or the things that I've learned over over my career is always be learning and 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 always be getting different ideas that are um, that are working together to try to accomplish the same goal. And that's a great combination, isn't it? That uh, idea of if I surround myself with people who are just like me, then I don't need them, which is the yes. diversity piece. Cool. Uh, and that yeah. goes with the the flip side, which is in order to be constant learners in that environment, I have to let my ego go. Mm -hmm. because I have to be there saying, I don't know everything and I have to be open yeah. to learning from everybody around me. And that there's possibilities that are beyond me, which is equally a challenge in leadership. When you get to the top of a, an organization and you're, you're running it at that, separating it from your ego and saying, I can be wrong. And I've got so much room to learn here is, is a challenging place to be as a leader. Yeah. It's a, especially as an entrepreneur, um, because as an entrepreneur, oftentimes you're by yourself or you're with one or two, three people and you got to do it all. Uh, and usually if you're in that position, you've got a pretty strong confidence in yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, you're pretty strong in certain areas. And then, uh, and you want to, and then as you, and as you hire smarter and better and harder, uh, better folks, then you're always trying to prove yourself. So you start from a position of 
I think I got this idea. I think it's pretty good. Uh, then you have to realize, okay, I gotta, I don't always have the best idea. I, I shouldn't always do anything. And if I think I do that at a really high level, if I do that all the time and I don't delegate, uh, then we can't grow. Um, and so, yeah, I think that what you say about letting your ego go, uh, that was, uh, that was hard, uh, and, and figuring out how to delegate and figuring out that, uh, being comfortable with, uh, your, your, uh, there's people that are much better, much smarter than you in the room, uh, and allowing them to do the thing is, uh, is really important. Um, there's a forget who originally said it, but, um, you're in a really good spot. Uh, if the whole room is, if the whole team is smarter than you in a really bad spot, if you're the smartest in the room. Yep. Um, and, and I take that to heart, but it also, uh, you have to allow your ego to um, be pushed away a little bit. Yeah. So, and it'd be interesting to know, and this may be too big a question for a 25 minute podcast, but uh, at what point do you recognize that and you, and what do you do to make it comfortable to switch from I'm the entrepreneur. I'm the one that starts it. I'm the one that did everything. I know it. I've got money in here. Everything else to that point of saying, I now need to surround myself with people who are better than me. And I need to kind of put quash myself down a little bit because uh, I can't afford to be doing all those things. Yeah, I, I wish I could t- tell you, give you a magic bullet or say when. Hey, I, it's been a it's been a, a struggle for me for my whole career because I always, I always felt like I wanted to prove myself, be the hardest working, doing, you know, doing all that type of stuff. But I think it's, it's trial and error. Right? To me, that's where your communication with your team comes in, you know, having good, open, transparent uh, conversations. Uh, I call them real conversations. Like I, I want uh, with every team member, you want to be comfortable talking to them and telling them like it is. So I've always told the people that are closest to me that are most meaningful and most important to me are the ones that can tell me whether they think I'm right, whether they think I'm wrong, uh, whether I'm overstepping my bounds, whether I need to let go. I I found that over time that what I value the most is people that will tell me the way they think Mm -hmm. um, and tell me what they think is real versus always taking uh, what I say for granted. And so I need those folks to tell me, Hey, you got to let go. Um, or you your, some, your ideas in it. you got some people that you've known for a long time that you trust well enough. You've built that relationship that you know, I'm sure Jen has no problem coming to you and saying, look, Eric, can I take you to one side a minute and tell you that you're, you're really talking out your butt. <laughs> yeah. I always say the person that does it the most to me is my wife. And if you can, uh, is Lisa. And so, uh, it's like, uh, I explained to everybody and it could be a, it could be a rookie. Sometimes you'll get interns that come into your organization or, or entry-level folks and, and they're not afraid to tell you the way it is. And, and, and some really are. I'm like, man, I, I love it when you can get people that have the confidence and, and, and there's the culture by which, uh, in a respectful way. And you don't want, you don't want people always dogging on everybody um, on their team, but I, I just love it when uh, you have a culture in which not only your leadership, but every team member can have that vigorous debate or pushback. Yeah. Uh, and so, but I do from my, from my senior team members, I, I think uh, a lot of people don't realize it's those that uh, are most real push back and uh, uh, can debate you that are the most valuable to me. Yeah. Well, that's, that's it, isn't it? But again, it comes back to, and I think it's fascinating whether we've gone down this path of you need to remove your ego from that in order to be open to these people are valuable to me and I want them to tell me where it's at. And I think that's an interesting transition for leaders is, is that, I wonder what that point is. And this is for a whole series of other conversations, but I wonder what that point is when you recognize 
that that place where you have to get out the way of yourself and you have to surround yourself and be open to this this broader team but i i love the path that you've gone down there i'm going to explore it some more i'm sure so have have you kept that team engaged during the last 12 months of you know you're very hands-on you've got a beautiful office that's very open and you've yeah. not been there for 12 months pretty much well it's interesting at the at the end of last year before the pandemic um we realized that in order to grow, we were going to have to acquire uh, another business, which came with remote employees. And we were already being forced with, I'm such a locker room coach, you know, meaning I usually, my team is surrounding me. If I want to go talk with them, I can walk out, I can see them. You can go grab a conference room. That's the way it's been for most of my career. And then as we were starting to think about how do we grow the team and how do we manage uh, team members that aren't in Michigan, but across the United States, we were starting to, what, what do we need to change culturally? And in this minute, minute, we're thinking about that. Not only do we make that acquisition and we have to figure out how to manage remote team members, but pandemic hits and now every team member is remote. Um, and so it's been really interesting learning year, uh, especially for somebody with my style. Um, but I think the most important things that I've learned uh, is communication needs to be ratcheted up. Um, before COVID, I never did videos like this. I was always on the phone. My whole career was, um, you know, talking to you in person or on a conference call. And I, and I've, uh, I think video is a part of the communication. So not only written communication, but figuring out how to build relationships. And I think it's really important. It's much easier to build relationships when I can look you eye to eye, mm-hmm. uh, and we can see each other. I can see expression. I can see emotion. Uh, it's really helped the team because when our we now our team members when they're managing projects for our clients they do all their project meetings eye to eye and it's amazing to see there's less um, there's less um, arguments uh, it's it's just much better relationship when you can look eye to eye but I think that's a form of communication when we can see each other but beyond communication um, I've recognized that I have to share a lot more information about how we feel. Uh, 2020 has been a, a year of feeling and whether COVID you're, you need a, the feeling of safety, uh, the feeling of there will be a job. There'll be, we'll, we'll work our way through it. There's going to be revenue. Your job is safe. And so I, you're going through those emotions. Uh, and as a leader, you had to figure out how do I communicate and create this environment where people feel safe and comfortable to do their jobs in a new way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to communicate that remotely. So I would start at a weekly um, email to the team and, and the emails would go all the way from personal feelings to facts about the business to what's coming over communicate uh, to get people to first feel safe, then feel like they're helping their neighbors, then feel like we can move on to how do we improve. Uh, and then so over communicate, over communicate, um, and then figure out different means of communication, whether it's uh, um, emails, videos, what have you. Uh, to me, just getting through this is about communication, personal connections. When the state was open, our office generally wasn't open and we couldn't go out with groups of 10 anymore. Uh, and so it'd have to be, how can we get a, a one-on-one meeting or can I take, you know, can I, can my spouse and your spouse, can we just go connect for breakfast? in a safe way, or, or there's different ways that you have to make connections. And so this has been a, a year of learning for me and a year of learning for our organization. Uh, but I think it comes back down to relationships and communication. Which, because you have a culture of learning, it makes it a lot easier to adapt to that <laughs> that learning. So, yeah. And I, I love the, some of the things you've summarized that, uh, you know, you have to 
be willing to jump in with both feet, surround yourself with the right people at the right time, have a real culture of learning, think diversity in thought and, and the people that you have around the table and you know, engage as much as possible in whatever way possible to make mm -hmm. sure that you're keeping with people all the way through. So, yeah. Thanks, Eric. Thanks for having this chat with us today. And I, I love that little summary bullets that you've pulled away. And I'm going to have more conversation at some point with you about that idea of that twist point when you go from uh, recognizing that you're not it to, to the whole team, because I think that'd be a great conversation to have when we find that magic bullet. But thanks for joining me this afternoon. I appreciate being on and uh, happy to continue the conversation. Yeah. Well, thank we will do. <laughs> Stay yeah. healthy. You've been listening to the Humanity Leadership Podcast. I'm David Wheatley. And we're brought to you by the book, What Great Teams Do Great, available now at all good bookstores. Thanks to Brian Spencer and Finkel for the music. Please share any feedback and suggestions. I'm available through humanity.com. And uh, go to iTunes, like, subscribe, and leave us a review so that other people can find us. In the meantime, till next time we meet, stay healthy.